Well, it's really wonderful to be here. It, uh, by the way, it was a pack of lies what Di said about me. Pack of lies. Telling you, oh dear. Is yeah. I do feel loved. Yeah. Um, it's it's tremendous to be here. We Emma and I we have been looking forward to this for months, you know, and we've been talking about it and planning things, and um, it's just wonderful to be here. But I want to first of all thank the committee, because we have come to realise that they in the last year from the last conference have put in endless work to make this a wonderful time for us. So thank you, committee. You know, it means such a lot to us. And I also want to thank all of you for coming, because you're brave women. <laughs> and we're looking forward to having fellowship together with you, sharing with you, getting to know you individually, if that is possible, you know. And also to coming together to share around God's word this weekend. That is going to be so exciting, so exciting. And to do it with all of you is, is a, a lovely bonus. And I am so pleased that this is called, I noticed it on the leaflets that were being given, this is called the Southwest Bible Study Conference. Isn't that great? Because that tells me that the, the word of God is going to be one of the most important things that, it, that, that, this, that this conference is about. And you'll agree that reading and loving and living the Bible is one of the most important things that we can do, vital, vital things that we can do. So what we wanted to do tonight, we wanted to start with a brilliant little video which has been produced by the Bible Society you might have seen it. It's called The Bible in Four Minutes. And it's really incredible. It's um, written and, uh, uh, and uh, commentated on right by... Oh, Sorry. No, no problem. <laughs> Just quickly to say, it's by a Welsh poet. And he's called, I've got his name, Di Woolridge. You might have heard of him. And he's brilliant. But he's Welsh and he talks very fast. And to get the Bible <laughs> into four minutes is quite hard. So he's talking quite fast, so you have to listen carefully. But just see what you think of this. Start. The original orator set out solar systems with stanzas. And from the dust he formed us as the ultimate reflection of his perfection. Until the cataclysmic mistake with the snake spoiling the truth and speaking the fake news, knowledge misused and trust abused, sin goes viral. Yet a seed sown, pointing to a promise of a rescuer homegrown, they wait. Time passes, Abe gets the call up, then Isaac to Jacob, God wrestler. The providence of God sees Joe go from prisoner to prime minister. 400 years pass, then a 10 plague standoff. Israel's shackles come free. Moses leads the way as God's center parts the sea to Sinai. A 10 part moral compass. 12 I spies, 40 years in the wilderness. They wait. 
Moses to Joshua, the baton gets passed. Promised land with milk and honey on tap. Judges lead, then it all falls apart. People want a king, on paper Saul's mustard, but he wrecks the gig. Psalm singer David gets crowned and convicted. Temple gets built, but Solomon's conflicted. Kingdom divides, God's people get evicted. Daniel naps in a lion's den. Seventy years pass, God brings them back then. Temple ruins get erected. A wall gets built, Jerusalem's protected. And they wait. 400 years pass. Enter magnificent maker of everything. Wrapped in linen cloths are beauty spots. Riffs off Isaiah broke bread with outcasts. Healed abseiling paralytics who picked up their own mats. Passover palm leaves, then pass over to Gethsemane. To handcuffs, to trial, as Peter denies. On my mother's life, I've not even met the guy. Then crucified. Love laid out his arms with one final cry. It is finished. But on the third day, hope reinstated with victory on display as the Messiah's stone rolled away. And before Jesus ascended, he says, wait. The spirits open in ceremony display. Tongues of fire, the works of a people full of praise. Stephen martyred, church close to despair, till Paul U-turns preaching the gospel everywhere. Church as community, radical diversity, and this is our part in the unfolding story. Now spirit sealed and for God's glory we participate, yet we still wait. And off the Isle of Patmos, Apostle John got a snapshot of how it all ends and it's gonna be worth the wait. Sin's death grip will cease. No more tears with fears forgotten and baggage sent packing as the community of grace-gifted misfits welcome in the homecoming. From despair there'll be perfect repair and hope will be there as the highlight for all time. Ease the promise became pillar to the plotline. The living vine, original orator, solar system setter outer, the dust former and people potter. Word became flesh, put to death yet raised, so one day we may raise in him. So we raise our lives as an offering of praise for the one who's worth the wait. Absolutely. How wonderful. It's so clever, isn't it? And I love some, he's a wordsmith, and I love some of his, I love the one about um, the paralytic abseiling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, as you know, the studies this weekend are going to be centered around John 15, verses 1 to 17. And this passage is packed with inspiring ways for us to live in a deep relationship with God and with Jesus. It's a wonderful passage. It's dynamic, it's challenging, it's also comforting. And it's part of a whole discourse that Jesus told his disciples from John 13 right the way through to John 16. And Jesus told his disciples as they shared the Passover together on, in the upper room on that last night. 
one of the three main feasts that the people came down to Jerusalem to celebrate every year. Jesus was sharing the Passover that they had shared for hundreds of years. And our passage this weekend is after Jesus, after Judas has left to betray him. And Jesus speaks to the remaining disciples as they leave to go to Gethsemane. And it says, when Judas left, it was night. And you know, when Jesus opened the door, telling them what we're going to study today, it was also night, because he was going to Gethsemane. So it's the last thing that Jesus tells them. So it's going to probably be the most important thing that he says. And that is what he is going to say and teach us about this weekend. It is so exciting, so exciting. It is also vital and it's transformational. It will change our lives. If we grasp, if we, if we grasp it, if the Holy Spirit helps us, we, it will change our lives, that's for certain. I will be looking at the more relational side of John 15, you know, and the more of the discipleship um, aspect of it. Emma, brilliant girl, she will be taking the nitty gritties, the practical side of abiding in Jesus. And because it's only a passage of 17 verses, there's obviously going to be some overlap in what we say. But we are trying to define each like that. Over to you, Emma. From the moment that Mum and I were asked to come and speak at this Women's Bible Conference, I knew what I wanted to say on this Friday evening. I felt that there would be women here who saw that its speakers were, for the first time, a mother and daughter team, and nearly didn't come because it was just too painful. For me, the reasons that it might be too painful fell into three categories. The first is because there will be women here whose mum has died, maybe a long, long time ago, maybe more recently, but you still miss her. You still wish that you could pick up the phone and hear her voice again, or feel her loving arms enveloping you like they always did, or sometimes hear her cheering you on louder, than all the others from your sideline. As a rule, we only get one mum, and the loss of her is immense. Tonight, I acknowledge you and your mum who you miss so much. Or you might be a mum here who is estranged from your daughter or your son. Maybe you will watch me and my mum interacting over the course of the weekend and you will feel a longing in your heart for some of that closeness to come back into your motherhood experience. Tonight, I acknowledge you and your prodigals. Or maybe you are someone here who had or continues to have a difficult mum, 
a mum who didn't know how to or was unable to nurture you in the way that you should have been nurtured. Tonight, I acknowledge you and your mum who's caused you pain and left you wanting. To everyone with us this weekend, I'm glad that you've come, that you're here. I feel that every one of you is meant to be. When Mum and I went on a retreat day to Portishead a few months ago to plan the overall title for this weekend and the subjects of our individual talks, I took a book by Esther DeWald called Living on the Border, and I felt this quote from the blurb on the back was very relevant this evening. As we pass across a threshold to experience meaningful time together, to take time to pause at a threshold, be it a place or a moment between one action and the next, is to show reverence for the handling of space and time and respect for those who we meet. In the book, Sister Rennie Brannigan writes, thresholds are like those growth knobs on tree limbs, signs of how far it grew before it accepted an invitation to grow even more. This weekend, you have an invitation, and so do I, to grow even more. Here at that, this threshold, we encourage you to put down the worries that you have arrived with, the pain that might feel like part of your life now, the regrets, the mistakes that have seemed to trip you up, the distractions that clamour for your attention, but understand they will be waiting for you to pick back up as you walk back through the doors on Sunday afternoon. Or you can do what Jesus longs for you to do in Matthew 11, verse 28, when he says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The choice is yours and yours alone. After I've closed now with a prayer, I'm going to finish our time together by asking for a song by Lauren Daigle to be played. I don't know whose voices speak loudly into your life or what they say, but my prayer is that this weekend you will hear what God says about you, clearly, unmistakably, above all of the other voices. I'm going to close our time with a prayer that someone sent my mum for International Women's Day this year. I pray that the right women would come in your life at the right time. I pray you'll stay open to finding them. May you always be watching for hints of your people. I pray you would be surrounded by women who know what it is to love and to champion and to celebrate by women who are dreamers and schemers, who live a bit outside of the good Christian lady box. I pray someone clutches their pearls over you. May you be tireless and may you know what it is to rest well. 
I pray for spiritual midwives in your life, women who will breathe alongside of you as you are giving birth to the new you over and over again. I pray for friends and for mentors, for authors and leaders, for preachers and policy makers, for mothers and a few saucy aunties, for the daughters of your body or of your heart. May you join hands in the rising. May you be alongside of women who invite you to go deeper, who make you more real, more honest, who know who you are without makeup or masks. This special weekend here in Torquay, you are those women to me, women who invite me to go deeper, who make me more real, more honest, and I am thankful for you.